It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. Hi, I'm Teresa. And I'm Amy. We are two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. Okay, back in episode 13, I spoke a lot about some amazing women in basketball. Oh, yeah. And and I know that you texted me this story (laughs) last night, and it was funny because another girlfriend had sent me, um, emailed the same story saying that she had found me a new person. So I knew I had to do like a little recap to go back to uh, yet another amazing woman in basketball. Aida Barnes, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, is the head coach for the University of Arizona Wildcats women's team. She was a former player, having played for the Wildcats during her college career and played seven seasons in the WNBA. This year, Barnes led the Wildcats to the 2021 NCAA Final Four Championships for the first time ever. Unlike her male counterparts, however, Barnes had a special challenge. Her six-month-old daughter, Capri. Yeah. So, during the final game against Stanford, Barnes had to take a break away from the game to pump milk for Capri, because that's part of parenting, uh, motherhood. Her quote was, I'm like, wow, there are a lot of hats, said Ida to reporters after the game on Friday. It's the former WNBA, it's the black woman, it's the mom. But it's a privilege for me. You can be great at all these things. You can be someone representing and doing it all with class, professionalism, and doing well at your job. You can be a mom, and you don't have to stop coaching. You just have to have the support and a village. That's the part I love, love because that's absolutely true. I mean, we say community a lot. Her husband, who's also a basketball coach, was working as well, which meant baby Capri and their other child, Mateo, needed to be watched. Pandemic restrictions limited the help she could bring in. So not only did she have to coach the game, she also, you know, mother roles wow just in between (laughs) exactly but she does have help from the team which i think is so sweet yeah capri was born just before the season started and has been a frequent guest which i think is adorable at practices games and zoom conference calls when barnes was a little late getting back to the floor at the end of the halftime espn commentator holly Rowe let the audience know the reason Quote, for those who think this is too much information, let's normalize working mothers and all they have to do. And that just right there sums it up. Moms, making it happen. That's awesome. So I finally, this weekend, got another magazine. Real Simple has one on positivity. And so I was was thumbing through it and pulled out some fun quotes for my vision board. But I hadn't looked at it for a while, and I was really kind of pleasantly surprised. I had cut out um, inspiring women. Mm-hmm. And it's so fitting because mm-hmm. we've been talking about you know, women that inspire us. And so yeah. I just thought, wow, it was kind of neat to see that there. That you've been thinking about that before. Yeah. And so that was, that was kind of fun. Yeah. But that's cool. Good. Yeah. I need to get my vision board out and keep working on it. Yeah. So that was kind of fun. So my feel-good story, since we just celebrated Easter on Sunday, last week I saw a story about a 16-year-old boy named Caleb Smith who built and runs a 22-acre sanctuary in Newport, Minnesota called Peace Bunny Island. Aww. Yeah, his journey is so cute. His journey began at 8 years old. He was looking for a pet rabbit just after Easter. Mm -hmm. 
And on Craigslist alone, <laughs> he found 360 unwanted <sighs> bunnies. And he I just, cannot let my son I, hear this episode because oh, already every Easter that is that's something that he points out is that people don't take into account it, the right. care of bunnies. They just think of Easter. Yeah, totally. Morning. I mean, and so he wanted to do something about it. So he put on a suit and pitched a business plan to his parents <laughs> on how to rescue these bunnies at eight. At eight. Wow. And. I think time passed. And then he came up with an idea on how to train the bunnies mm-hmm. as emotional support animals to provide comfort. Which bunnies can be trained. Yeah. I, mean, can potty train I was amazed yeah. about this. They could. He, he was saying that they could. you could train them to go in a litter box like mm-hmm. a cat. Yeah. I have a gallon class that she had her her bunnies like roam to the house. Yeah. And they used a litter box. Who knew? I didn't I know. know that. I know. And um, this was, just to give you a time for this was just after... He saw therapy dogs in action after the Sandy Hook shooting. Mm. So that kind of was his inspiration. Mm -hmm. And then at age 14, he spent a long summer living on a houseboat and explored the riverways by canoe to try to find a place where he could take care of the bunnies. And he found an (laughs) island and named it Peace Bunny Island. And then he also found several other little islands and gave them fun names like Whiskers, Hope, and It's funny that you're saying the story because we saw the bunny today on our I know. It was kind of... It was, yeah, it was a telling. sign. It was yeah. a sign. It was. And then, so the following year, he entered and won an entrepreneurial contest and bought the houseboat and initially leased the island. And mm-hmm. this is all, this is the young, this is what, he's like 15. An the, island around Minnesota. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he lived on the island for four months testing out his big idea. Now, when he said that big idea, I immediately thought back to Bob Goff because mm-hmm. of his big idea project. Well, I, when you said island, I yeah. thought of Bob Goff, but yeah. So that was kind of fun. Then the owner sold it to him. So he has a mortgage. I'm sure with the help of his parents, he probably has someone else signing it. But Caleb funds food and care for the bunnies through a foundation, and he rents the Peace Bunny Island for additional income. He brings the bunnies out to the community to raise awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, he never charges when he takes them like to birthday parties, bridal showers, senior citizen centers, or children with special needs. And, and maybe for Easter, kids could come to Bunny Island yeah. and see all those well, bunnies. Rather he does than... some really cool stuff. His island is kind of like a summer camp for bunnies. Mm-hmm. It's completely <laughs> run by youth. Oh, that's... And his website was is it says on there one of the members volunteers created mm-hmm. the website. So I just love that it's youth driven. Yeah. And it's also important to Caleb that the operation be uh, sustainable. So the island uses solar panels, which is really cool because mm-hmm. it kind of ties into mm-hmm. Earth Month, but to provide electricity to his camps and to host the the volunteers. And this is really fun. Caleb created a program called STEM Bunny to teach kids about caring for bunnies and sustainability. As part of his classes, he's got the Bunny Garden, which is kind of a an after Sunday afternoon, kind of more playful. And then he offers a bunny boot camp to provide kind of hands-on. And then lastly, he has a class called Kids Little Vet. Oh. Yeah. And so Caleb's plan is to grow this micro business into funding to a funding stream to help expand that mm-hmm. STEM Bunnies program. And he's got so much going on. He wrote a book, Peace Bunny Island. Oh. The story behind. Peace Bunny yeah. Island. And then he's also featured on the app Calm. The tale, it's the tale of Peace Bunny Island. What yeah. a what a nice way to fall asleep. You know, dreaming yeah. of bunnies. Yeah. I admire this young man's desire to help unwanted bunnies and create a wonderful place for them to live and open uh, open it up to the public. Mm-hmm. I just 
I think kudos to his entrepreneurial ambition yeah. too. So sweet, so sweet, sweet. and so cool. So yeah. and at such a young age, yeah. That's- Well, we're now in the month of April, which, which is... I can't believe. I know, I know. It's Earth At month. least it's April 2021 and not 2020. Exactly. So. It's something to be yeah. excited Hopeful. about. So, after talking about Eleanor, episode 15, <laughs> another very vocal and passionate person came to mind. Greta Thunberg. And I hope oh. I'm pronouncing it right because I read a couple books and I mm. also saw two really cool Prime video. And that's... Tumor. And that's how she pronounced it. I think it. it's so pretty. It's Tumor. very pretty. So I hope I yeah. got it right. Yeah. She's the 18-year-old girl from Sweden who ignited a movement for climate change, or she says climate justice. After one of the hottest summers in Sweden, many were concerned, and she felt she needed to do something about climate change. After all, it's the biggest crisis we face. So she, we're, all in the, we're all in it together. We're all in we it together. We all to, face it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so she protested in front of Parliament building in her hometown of Stockholm, Sweden. She held a sign reading, School Strike for Climate. And although her parents didn't want her to protest, her father helped make a wooden sign. And she, I know. Is that just so that it would last longer? I don't know. I I have no idea. Just a supporter. Just a supporter, yeah. And so she passed out hundreds of flyers. Initially, she was the only one protesting. Wow. I know. I know. Brave. Yeah, you've probably seen the pictures of her. You know, she's by herself with her sign. And then she posted on social media and contacted local news, and it grew. Mm -hmm. Boy, did it. She had 10,000 followers within 24 hours. Wow. I know. So, See, I know I am aware of who she is, but I'm completely ignorant, so I'm super excited. Well, I was really fascinated reading about her. Young age and so much bravery. I just love it. She Her goal was to strike in front of the Parliament building from August 20th until September 9th, 2018. And that's when the next government election would take place. Mm. Greta wanted Sweden's government to align with the Paris Agreement. What? Remind me what the Paris Agreement okay, is. Okay, well, the Paris Agreement is an agreement with the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. Mm. Their, okay. Yeah, their long-term temperature goal is to keep the increase in global average temperature to well below 2 Celsius, which is like 3.6 Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. And that's still above industrial levels, trying to pursue efforts of 1.5 mm-hmm. Celsius. So pre-industrial, you're probably wondering what yeah. that is. Okay. It's the time frame between 1815 and 1900. It's a baseline from which scientists use to, to measure, you know, when fossil fuel is burning had not change the climate had it not really changed the climate or they just were not measuring it they well i think that or maybe a combination maybe a combination of both yeah so it's the human activities are putting greenhouse gases Mm -hmm. carbon dioxide co2 and methane into the environment through transportation like cars Mm -hmm. trucks planes by how we produce energy from use of coal oil natural gas even commercial farming that's one good thing about covid yeah it's cut back on it's cut back on a lot of it did and do you remember seeing those images of how smog uh, the smog yeah rivers being right yeah so we can do it yeah absolutely so these gases are causing the climate change or global warming Mm -hmm. i hope i got that all straight 
anyways, I've learned so much about reading about Greta and climate change. So back on her and her passion for climate change really began when she was eight. Another eight. That must have been the time that... <laughs> Man, what was I doing when I was eight? Definitely. I know. These kids are really, uh, it's really incredible. We're not changing the world. That's for sure. I know. I need to catch up. She saw a movie in school on the effects of climate change on polar bears in the Arctic Circle. And so she learned the north and south poles were melting and affecting the bears' ability to use the ice chunks to float Mm. and get food. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, and she was devastated. Apparently, like, all the other kids just went out to recess, but Mm -hmm. she was devastated and fell into a deep depression, stopped eating and talking. Mm. Empathetic little kid. Very empathetic. Her parents worried about her and took her to see a doctor who, they diagnosed her with Asperger's syndrome and OCD. And so people with Asperger's often find social situations difficult, but they're gifted in math Mm -hmm. or music. In other areas. Yeah. Yeah. In Greta's case, she has a photographic memory. Hmm. Yeah. That's her gift. So poor thing. She sees this video and she can't get the images of those starving polar bears. Out of her mind. Yeah. So her doctor helped her speak and eat again. Mm -hmm. And Greta sees her diagnosis as a superpower because it is. I know it allows her to see things, and I'm glad she sees it that way. Yeah, I know in black and white, which has fueled her passion for climate change. She began, you know, focusing on changing people's minds, starting with her family, who became vegan because of the fuel to use, you know, to transport meat. Yep. Stop flying methane. Yeah, because of the emissions from airplanes. Mm And then they bought an electric car to reduce their carbon <laughs> footprint. I love how her parents are so supportive. They're so supportive. Hmm. So does she have any siblings? She does. Okay. She has a younger sister, Beata. Okay. Yeah, and I I know how to pronounce that because <laughs> I had a German exchange student oh. with that same oh, that's name. Fun. So, anyways, prior to her protest in front of Stockholm Parliament Building, she felt alone in the fight for climate change and. Now she feels a sense of solidarity mm-hmm. with the millions who have joined her in the fight. And so she continued to strike only on Fridays so she could go back to school, mm-hmm. coining uh, Friday for Future, inviting children and all really to strike on Friday for climate justice. So check out the website. It's fridaysforfuture.org. It lists upcoming strikes, events, how you can get involved and how you can Start your own climate strikes. And I've checked it out. Mm-hmm. You know, that you can download the logo. Mm-hmm. It even has ideas on chance. So Very when you're cool. out there, it's really fun. <laughs> and just kind of the step-by-step, like ask permission, mm-hmm. all you know, just all the details. Do you so need it, to get permits for I think you could you, I think you maybe call like your local police okay. and see okay. what, what your cities, you know. Might vary. Crazy moms wanting to do a climate change. But I was thinking maybe we might think about that. Maybe <laughs> no, we, definitely. You know, maybe the end of the month. Yeah. I don't know. Good month for it. Yeah. Yes. I love how passionate she is in her speeches, often referring to the climate control crisis as our house is on fire. In essence, we are not taking the situation serious enough, and we need to treat it the crisis like a crisis. Yeah. She's direct in her message. Change is coming, whether you like it or not. I'm so impressed with her poise and how articulate she is and her bravery to talk to political leaders and the public and tell it like it is. She has spoken at the European Economic and Social Committee, European Parliament, U.S. Congress, the House of Parliament, and more. 
She spoke at Davos in Switzerland, which receiving an invitation to that is huge. Hmm. Yeah, Davos is the World Economic Forum, which leaders from businesses, government, international organizations, civil society, academia, they come together to address critical issues at the beginning of each year. She gave an incredible four-minute speech. She started her speech with, our house is on fire. And then according to IPCC... Now, what's IPCC? Okay, they provide policymakers with regular science assessments on change, its implications, and potential future risks. Okay. I'm learning so much. I know, me too. It's been Thanks to Greta. Yay. She continues saying we are less than 12 years away from not being able to undo our mistakes. Which 12 years is not much time. No, not much time. I mean, that goes so fast. You think of your growth of your own children. I know what 12 years looks like. It's a blink. It's a blink. Later, she says, but homo homo sapiens have not failed. Yes, we are failing, but there is still time to turn everything around. We can still fix this. I love the hope in that. I do too. We still have everything in our own hands. Truth right there. Yep. And then everyone applauded, including Bono from uh, Irish Rock's band, yes. U2, which I think that is pretty darn cool. Yeah. Which I saw a show, that, back to yeah. Bob Goff, yeah. where those two were together. Oh, wow. That would be yes. a fun combination. Yes. So, yeah. Very, well, yeah. Tangent there, but anyway. So this is roughly one year after uh, her initial Man. protest. Only one year. She's done a lot yeah. in that one year. <laughs> and very vocal. Yeah, very, very vocal, vocal. Young lady. So then she spoke September 20th, 2019 at the global climate strike in New York City. She had uh, 250,000 supporters that day. Which is amazing if she started with just her out I protesting. Know, but it drew worldwide 4 yeah. million supporters, which wow. I, is really impressive. And they chanted, sea levels are rising and so are we. I just love that visual. Yeah. Days later, she spoke. At the UN, also in New York City. It was a passionate speech. She could barely hold back the tears. We'll be watching you. Greta was saying the youth will be watching politicians and leaders of the world to make necessary action for climate change. What a rock star. And once again, back to the bravery. I know. That she's taking on. And then her parents don't quiet her. They allow her to do this because that's got to be exactly to take on world leaders right like she has right they've been very supportive guess how she traveled to new york i don't know if you read about that did you Mm-mm. okay well she traveled by a 60-foot catamaran <laughs> <laughs> named oh my gosh i hope i pronounce it malaysia the second how would how long did that do you know two weeks i okay. believe it is okay. electricity powered by solar <laughs> panels and i love this the sails on the boat said united science the tri- yeah, trip took two weeks, no bathrooms, just buckets at the back of the boat. That I would not be a fan of. But I know. Again, brave. Rock star, though. though. To cross, yeah. yeah I mean, to be willing to do that. Yep. To cross the More pond, as they it. say. Yes. And then later that same year, she's on the cover of Time Magazine, named Person of the Year. Deserved. I know, Definitely totally. Deserved. And then and another. It, it went to a young person. It, yeah, it did. It's about time. Yeah. Another fun fact Greta has a distant relative, Savant August. Arenas, who's a scientist during the late 1800s and early 1900s, excuse me, who came up with the calculation of measuring global warming in the atmosphere. That is interesting. Isn't that interesting? I mean, she... Quite the coincidence. Yeah. He won the Nobel Peace Prize for chemistry, 1903. 
And it's so amazing that Greta would carry on his... Because they didn't cross paths, No, I mean, no way. But she carried on his legacy and, Mm -hmm. you know, became an activist for, you know, climate control. Uh, Greta, like her distant relative, was also nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. What an incredible honor. Yeah. And Uh, once again, deserved. Yeah. deserved. So now I was wondering, what was Greta doing during COVID? And she, like many students, attended virtually... I read that she missed striking on Fridays. She finally got back to it in October 2020. And then as of March 20th, uh, 2021, that marks week 135 of her strike. Hmm. Isn't that amazing? 135 weeks. Weeks. Yeah. It's interesting to look at that. But Dedication. Yeah. For sure. During lockdown, she concentrated her efforts on digital activism. Mm -hmm holding Zoom calls. She continues to keep up the pressure on decision makers with the help of other activists. They collectively wrote a letter to the uh, European Union calling for actions, including burning less fuel and committing to limits on carbon budgets. So that's really pretty impressive. I'm just so in awe of this young woman who had the courage to take on the world in order to bring awareness to the state of the well-being of planet Earth. Mm Mm-hmm. I love seeing the pictures in that video, just of the millions of youth protesting. I have to say, there are some older people, but it is really the youth mm-hmm. in these. Well, they're the yeah. ones that are going to be most impacted. I mean, for sure, their children, yeah, and their grandchildren. This is, I can see why they would be. And like you said, it just gave me so much hope. And I seriously have learned so much about climate change. There's so much more I need to learn, and so many changes I need to make in my own personal life. But once again, thanking to yeah to Greta for, for sure. bringing this up. What do her parent? I mean, do her parents? How do they have the time off to be able to travel on a well, camera and across? Her mom was a famous opera singer, and she had to give that up because she couldn't fly. Oh, because that was the, the one. Yeah, okay. and then her father was an, an actor. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what how they're making mm-hmm. that work now. Mm-hmm. But that's, I mean, a very big commitment to not fly to become vegan right and they were kind of conscious of Mm -hmm. the environment prior Mm -hmm. where they like all of us try to turn our lights Mm -hmm. off and ride bikes Mm -hmm. as much as they could i mean obviously got this somewhere yeah yeah so they helped drive that but finally for me i just kept thinking about like you said my own children Mm -hmm. as she spoke in their future Mm -hmm. i have two quotes that really spoke to me the first one is, I have learned you are never too small to make a difference. I love that. That's the title of Greta's book, which is just a collection of all her speeches. Mm-hmm. And the other one that really leaped out at me was, the moment we decide to fulfill something, we can do anything. Love that, too. When was the collection of speeches? When did she write that? She wrote that. It just came out because the last speech was in 2019. Okay. So it's relatively new-ish. Let's yeah, it came out in, well, yeah, 2019. I, I, do, I do love that you're never too small to make a difference because we've seen that already in just our few episodes with time and time again with people that if they would have thought that they were not enough, right. they wouldn't have changed the world right. the way they did. And again, the voice, that powerful yes. voice, you know, that we've talked about other people. Down. Yeah, not backing down. And just and confidence back to that confidence with Kelly Clarkson that we talked about just knowing that she's doing the right thing right love it (music) 
We chatted last week about Lady Gaga's book, Channel Kindness. and good, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I think every young person needs to read it. But all the Born This Way Foundation journalists forging a path for change. And the one of many that really stuck with me was about two sisters working to educate people on the reality and impact on climate change, okay. which I thought was perfect to go with your story on Greta, just because young people making a difference and really need to think of the environment. More specifically for these young ladies, they're working in Alaska. Brooke and Ava Goldman are two girls from New York who visit Alaska and made a documentary covering one of 31 villages that are facing climigration. Remind me of that again. So people that are being forced, they're refugees, they're being forced out of their where they've lived forever because of the land basically eroding and just being swallowed up by sea levels. Okay. So they started a nonprofit to educate at-risk populations on this. And the whole climate migration, you're not alone. Even <laughs> my spell check didn't detect it. But unfortunately, it'll soon be part of our vernacular. Wow. With our ever-changing planet, changes in weather patterns, global warming, weather shifts, and coastal erosion, there are entire villages coming to the realization that the property their ancestors worked on will soon be under rising sea levels. Oh, yeah. So I watched the documentary, and it was a rude awakening. Just like the refugees of war zones, these people find themselves without anything, and so are these people. And yeah. They're in the same boat. They they interviewed some village elders who commented on entire mountains of ice being gone, like miles of glaciers quickly evaporating and basically being pushed out of everything they know and they've grown up with. It's horrible. It's, it's just tragic. I, I'm just curious, what made them want to do this documentary? I just kind of... So the one the one sister, I want to say it was Ava, because Brooke is the one who does the writing. Ava um, got her aunt had gone to Alaska and brought back a recipe book, like a three oh, by five. Okay. Oh, and she commented on the, you know, she went over the recipes in there and one was on like Eskimo ice cream or something. Okay. And, and it was like shaved ice and seal. And she was looking through it, like looking for pizza or macaroni, you know, anything that we would think of with a recipe book. And she, her thing was that I'm really curious about these people in another state of, you know, part of the United States that I don't know about, but she wanted to learn more about them. So, which I admire that too. Yeah. But it all started with that little cookbook that that she got as a gift. That's really very cute. But her documentary is clearly amateur. But very well done for sure, and and it's won awards with like high school, different things through high schools. But it for sure brings home the message that we need to do something about this now. Yeah, all of the locals said pretty much the same thing for this area, this town, Nuntak. There no longer was a place to go ice skating oh. like they had had when they oh. were younger. Fish in the like they used to go fishing in the creek. The creek was gone because it had been taken over, swallowed up by sea level. And the abundance of wildlife that they used to see, they they don't find anymore. One young man was interviewed, said that the whole situation, he said, was grim. And oh. he questioned whether or not he wants to bring children into oh, this unknown. A young person saying yes, this? Yes, this was like a teenager. Wow. Like a high school That's student. a serious thought. They even have that. I know. that that It's such a reality for them. Mm-hmm. Is is sad. But one expert noted that... As floodwaters increased, it would take over their water source. Then their homes, you know, some right. homes would follow. I mean, he was just pointing this out in the documentary. 
followed with the school, oh. and then finally it would move into the airport. Like a domino. Just. Yeah, it just kind of, as the as the sea levels continued to take over and flood. The town of 400 people, they were basically living within a one square mile space, and the facility had no, it didn't have a facility for raw sewage. Oh, so, no. Yeah. When you're talking a serious That's a big problem. Yeah, yeah, that can cause a lot of problems. But the documentary wasn't just gloom and doom. Instead, it was an attempt to increase awareness that this is a very real thing affecting people. Yeah. We can't go back and fix our mistakes, but we can definitely work towards the future, which reminds me a lot of Greta. Many of those interviewed tried to remain optimistic. One leader noted that they were sending people from their village and community to get licenses with plumbing oh. and electrical stuff, construction things, so that they could build homes in their new area because obviously they were having to move. They remained as much as they could optimistic as they faced these changes, right. which I so admire. The elders and the young are clearly the ones most impacted here, but I admire that they're working together. The two young gentlemen interviewed in this particular documentary noted that education and awareness are great, but suggested more needs to be done. They said it's not the time to be timid. Right. Which I could totally relate with. Yeah. yeah I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to cause any waves because our voices matter and we need to get excited. And that makes me, re, you know, reminds me of Greta. I'm inspired that there are young people out there motivated to make a difference. They aren't focused on the blame game because yeah. I think it could. You go you that know, way. Yeah. It's easy to go that way and it's not going to help anything, but they focus on the solution and what we need to do to improve. And I'm talking, you know, like you said, beyond turning off the lights and recycling, although that's a start. And I think more people sure. need to yeah. get into that. I'm, when I it's see really policy the, changes. Oh, and tossing, you know, soda cans in the garbage or water bottles in yeah. the garbage. I just, it, it makes me cringe. But once again, it's a start. We just need to educate people and calling legislatures. Mm-hmm. Going to marches, yeah, which made me super uncomfortable because I said I was doing one and done after yeah. the women's march. Oh, okay, you you did that. I right. did Good that, for you. and it was so inspiring and moving. Yeah. I was like, nothing will ever compare to this. So I need to just call this good. But now, God, it has me thinking that I need to get back out there. These ladies reminded me that we can all do better, and I admire these sisters for calling attention to this devastating reality. It's never too late. And that's something I, I'm going to sure. keep pushing forward. Their website, climategrate.org. So C-L-I-M-I-G-R-A-T-E.org. If you want to find out more yeah. about what they're doing. Like and subscribe. Follow Transgential Inspiration on Facebook and Instagram. 